Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, this is part two of my previous discussion talking about how I restructuring my way of thinking and a little bit about my business and how things are going to be changing for the good, for the better. Um, and I, I hired my, uh, I rehired one of my old employees. This whole story there. This is your first episode listening to, to me, to me, my story, my podcast. Thank you for, for clicking on, uh, for click and play. I appreciate it. Got a whole lot of backstories, a whole lot of experiences that I've shared over the years and will continue to share. Check out part one for a good amount of that explanation, which will help you understand this episode more. Um, but regardless, separately, there's still uh, good episodes you know, on, on their own to be able to um, maintain or to provide value and get my points across. So this is part two. I literally just finished recording part one. So it's fresh on my brain. I want to make sure that I keep it rolling. All this stuff just happened this morning at the time of this recording, like a lot of things culminated together to create all this. Um, but what I, what I ended the part, part one episode was alluding to what I did wrong as a business owner and how I failed as a leader and how it was my fault that my, one of my best employees just literally quit during lunch and walked across the parking lot and left. And I never saw him or heard from him ever again until the other day when I texted him, gave him, you know, and, and the rest is history. Again, I went into all that in part one, but we met this morning and he he solidified all of my suspicions, gave me the closure that I needed as far as what went wrong and why. And we both let bygones be bygones and shook hands. And I welcomed him back on the team. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am not looking back. I am not looking backwards. I'm not even looking forward. I'm looking at right now. Again, I went into this a little bit more in part one. There's some stuff, man, stuff going on behind the scenes in my, my mind, my heart. There's some changes happening and I am just, I'm going for it, man. Like there's, it, it's been a rough year. It has been a rough year personally and professionally. A lot of it has been self-inflicted or I should say like some key moments that set a series, a chain reaction of series, uh, a series of events to happen that made it an extremely rough year for me and my family. And I really only have myself to hold accountable, right? That's all we can. I, I can blame everybody else. I can blame him for leaving the way that he left. Yes, that's his fault for leaving the way he left, but it's my fault for getting him to that point. Just like anything else, you can blame everybody for what they, for their ownership of it. But ultimately you have to hold yourself accountable. Nothing ever, nothing else will ever change until you hold yourself accountable so that you can make those changes in the moment to create a better future. So some of the things that he discussed, which were my suspicions, um, you know, I, he told me that the employee that the other employee that I had at the time really started rubbing him the wrong way and became an uncomfortable place for him to work. He used to look forward to coming to work every day to work with me. And that employee early on, 
Um, you know, he thought everything was fine and, you know, we got after it. We did a good job. We worked well together, whether it was a hundred degrees or 40 degrees, we got it done. You know, the job's still going to be tough, obviously, but he's old enough and mature enough and, a pre and, and enjoys the work enough to know that it is what it is. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still shoveling mulch. You're still cutting grass. You're still, you know, blowing leaves, whatever. Like the stuff's not the most glamorous, but it's still good work. It's, it can be good paying work if, if everyone's pricing correctly and using efficient setups and everything else, hiring good people, approaching it properly, having a good plan, so on and so forth. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's satisfying. It's, it's good to show up to a property that looks one way and leave it looking a much better way. Like, you know, people that appreciate that are the people that you want working with you. And that was him. So to get him to that point was hurt my heart. And I apologize to him for that, for not being a better owner, a better leader. Uh, even though he didn't blame me and he said, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Well, it was me because it's my responsibility. So after he left, a lot of things, you know, more, you know, now this other employees exposed, right. And I'm in, I, it just little by little or a lot by a lot, you know, over the course of the short summer, it seemed like a long summer, but summer is only as long as it is. Um, but because of everything going on, it seemed like a never ending summer. It was hot longer than it normally is. And it was just one thing after another. And his performance and attitude started falling apart and going and declining, I should say. Um, so it, he really got exposed and, you know, he, he was last year was his third year that he was working for me. And I've talked about this before in previous podcasts, episodes, and wherever else that, you know, I was, I was proud to have an employee, you know, my main guy, I would say that's been with me for three years. Cause the first two years he did great. Mind you, there was some issues here and there. Like I realized that there was never a time that he actually worked for me an entire season, um, from mowing to, you know, to leaves back to mowing, you know, and everything in between. I, when I first hired him, I hired him at the end of the mowing season, like in September or something. So, uh, we did all that. So, and we went through the fall and the winter and then back into mowing. And then he broke his hand, not at work, just off, you know, personal time broke his hand. So he couldn't work for the entire summer. So like, there was, like we did mulch, started mowing and then he broke his hand. So then I went down, back down to one person, um, who was someone different at the time that actually it was, it was the person that I have. <laughs> it was the person I have now. I'll say his name because we all, it, it's cool and he's cool with it. And we all have a good time, but good old, old Dale. We all, you know, Paul and I always joke cause Paul, Paul met Dale back in the day. Um, but Dale worked for me for a while, um, in high school part-time. And then he, you know, he graduated high school and kind of, and just left and tried to figure out like, like left, stopped working for me and tried to figure out life and got a full-time job somewhere else and didn't know what he was going to do and so on and so forth. And nine months later, he realized he didn't like that job and he really liked, you know, he still, he still needs a full-time job and, he uh, liked working for me and he liked lawn care more than the warehouse work that he was doing. So he asked if, you know, if he can come back, if I was hiring and all that. And we had, I also had some long discussions and everything. And I hired him back full time, made him salary and he started running the crew. Um, but at the time the crew was this three year employee that basically was one of the major contributors of this employee that I just rehired leaving. Um, so, Dale brought to my attention that, you know, some things had, 
had happened in my absence when he was running the crew that he didn't really care for and he didn't want to be that person, but he also didn't want to be that person that was stuck dealing with it and not having it be addressed. And there were things that I turned a blind eye to, right? Unfortunately, so many of us were stuck in that situation over the summer, just like, you know, okay, well, can you come in tomorrow? Okay. Well, can you come in at all today? Even if it's like after lunch, like we just get, got desperate. We became desperate because we couldn't find anyone, any that was worth anything that would even last more than a day, a week or a month. And, and it just made us all desperate or a lot of us anyway, that had to deal with it. I know there was people out there that were, that were good, had good people and they were successful keeping in them and whatever. And, and, and that's awesome. And I'm glad that it wasn't all of us that were going through this. Um, but a lot of us did. So unfortunately I kind of was in that boat too. All summer it was just me and this three-year employee that I was just kind of like, uh, come on, dude, you know, I'd have conversations. It's not like I would just ignore it. I would have conversations constantly. Like, you know, you gotta be on time. What's going on? Like all this, those, all the different things I would address. And it was just like, Oh, I'm sorry. Or, or whatever. And, you know, and then, then it wasn't, I'm sorry. And then, then there was no apologies anymore. And it just became more like, almost like spiteful and entitlement and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you don't have to work for me. And I'm not going to pay you for this kind of poor work performance and decline in attitude and attendance and all that. So ultimately that's what I did. I just had these conversations with him and I've just finally let him go um, in December, you know, like the, towards the end of the year there, I wasn't going to carry him through the winter paying him, for a negative attitude and poor work performance. You know, I had Dale and I wanted to keep Dale. I didn't want Dale to get frustrated. Like my other employee that left did, you know, I already kind of saw, was already learning. I had already learned the ways and realized the mistakes that I made, even though they weren't confirmed, they were just my suspicions, but I could see the issues in my business and thought that maybe that was a contributor to why this other employee left. But, um, you know, I, I didn't obviously have that confirmation from him because he didn't return my my initial text when he left. I texted him, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever happened to make you leave like this. I'm sorry, you know, if you'd be so kind to let me know what I did or what we did or whatever, that that would be helpful so that I can try and correct it so it doesn't happen again. And all that kind of stuff. And ultimately just, you know, wished him the best of luck and just tried to end things the best way possible. I wasn't trying to be mean or anything like that. I wasn't really, I wasn't angry at all. I was just super shocked and upset and didn't know what happened and was panicking and all this stuff. But, but he didn't respond to that text. So I had no idea all this time what, what, you know, there was no closure. I didn't know what, what happened until he told me today. Um, but so I had already started discovering those things on my own. Like I said, he, cause he was exposed over the summer when it was just me and him. I could see all these issues now. And then when Dale came back and Dale was with him without me, he could see the issues and he was frustrated. Um, so I had to make those tough decisions and, and back to what I was saying. Also, like I said, he broke his hand, the three-year employee that, that, that I just let go a few months ago, he broke his hand right when the mowing season started. So then I was, it was just me and Dale. You know, when Dale, the first time Dale was, was right before Dale left, he was still there and he helped me get through the summer and we hired a couple people here and there, some of his friends and some other people. But then I found the employee that I met with this morning, um, later that day, I mean that day, L later, that, later that summer, like towards the end of the summer, I found him and I was like, wow, I feel like I found the diamond in the rough and I made a YouTube video about it. Like, you know, a month or two later, cause it was immediate 
you know, from the interview to the first day that he started working, I was like, man, this is, this is it right here. You know, that's, that's the game is finding good people. The game is not getting enough work, having the right equipment, um, all the business part of it, you know, knowing your numbers, all that is a part of the business and a part of being successful, but that's not the game. The game is building a team so that all of that stuff actually matters because none of that stuff matters. You can be pricing these great prices and have all your numbers right and have the best equipment in the world and get a ton of work. But if you don't have the team to get it done, it ain't going to matter. And that's exactly what happened to me. It all just started falling apart because I didn't have the right team. And it's hard, also hard for me because I pride myself or I prided myself up until that point, my retail management days of being the team builder. That's always been my thing. I've always been intuitive. I've always been good with people. I can find people's strengths and weaknesses very quickly, pair the right people up with each other personality wise and strengths and weaknesses wise, meaning complementing each other. One person's strength is another person's weakness and vice versa. So they can work together and accomplish Whatever the goal is, uh, I would do that all the time, whether it was unloading trucks or resetting, you know, fixtures with new merchandise and all that stuff that we do in retail, um, getting set up for Black Friday or big events and whatever, like all, all the, the tasks, you know, or just running, running the day, like who's on the schedule or schedule the right people for that day for the right type. It's going to be busy today, whatever. I want this person here and there and everywhere. Like I, I prided myself in that. And somehow that failed um, last year. And, you know, so I I was really upset with myself too, kicking myself for all that. So, you know, full circle here, almost a year later to the day, uh, coming up on the anniversary of that fateful afternoon that changed everything for me and my business. And now here we are back. Um, And like I said, he, uh, um, let me see if I, if I'm, I don't even think I finished off my, Full thought here, back to what I was saying, three-year employee, like I said, he broke his hand, so he was out for that whole summer, and, and I had Dale, some other folks, so-and-so, then I hired the other employee, and I was like, all right, the, the game's changed now, we're good. But then that the employee that broke his hand came back, and that's when things started getting a little, I guess, a little weird, little by little, but it was over the winter, so there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that we were doing, but it was... uh you know, it, it was enough and not enough. It was enough and not enough. Right. So that he was able to just kind of get by. We were able to get by and everything was, was fine. And nobody was upset with each other and nothing was really exposed or out there. There was no performance or attendance issues really that were, that were that evident and so on. Um, you know, Dale had left at that point and, and, and so forth. But that's when the whole point of me trying to say all that was that's that was the first time where I went from when he came back, the three-year employee came back in the like in the fall, I think, and then he just stayed with me the entire time until I let him go this past fall, late fall, early winter. So that that had been the only time he had been with me for an entire season. Which I'm saying all that because I finally got to see him more clearly. Part of the problem is was that. I hired him towards the end. I first hired him at the end of the season and then went into a slow winter with not much going on. So there wasn't really, you know, any issues. And then we start getting into a full time busy season and he breaks his hand. So he misses like the whole bulk of the mowing season and then comes back at the end of the season going into the winter again. So my whole point is I never really had 
enough time to really see these things until, you know, that past, the, the past year that he worked with me. And unfortunately in that process, I, I, I had to lose one of my best employees that I've ever had since I've been in lawn care. Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. This is Jacob Godart with Scooters Lawn Care. And if you're listening to LCR because you care about growing your business, I want to tell you the secret sauce that helped me scale my business past $2.3 million in top-line revenue in 2021. We worked with Lightspeed Social Agency to focus on the best possible neighborhoods in our service areas. Working with them is so easy, and everything they create is high quality. Their team monitors results and sends regular updates to our dashboard. There's a link in the description of this episode to a case study of what Lightspeed has done for our business. So he told me all of his issues with that person. And the, the fact that I let that person go is one of the reasons why he even um, entertained the idea of coming back. Even though I'm going to be, even though I said that I uh, uh, told him um, that I was going to be hiring him at a higher rate, hiring him back at a higher rate than what he was making was also enticing if the other guy was still working for me, he wouldn't that, you know, it money, this is a, this goes to the point of for many years, I've said from my retail days, I learned, um, the number one reason, like this is an actual statistic that I'm, I'm sure still exists. This is probably still the same thing right now, but this was, you know, maybe 10 years ago, probably when I learned this statistic when I was still in retail management, but the number one reason why people leave um, an employer, you know, or a job or whatever. What do you think it is? It's one of those, like, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those great questions to ask people that they're usually going to get wrong. You know, um, it's just like a, a fun party question or whatever. I don't know, because you might be thinking that it's money. Everyone always thinks it's money. Oh man. You know, they, they go somewhere else for more money, which is true. That's what a lot of, that's what, it seems like everyone does, but what really is happening, what really happens is the number, that's the number two reason is money. The number one reason is their environment, their employer, the or the people that they work with or all the above. It's more painful for them to work at that place than to not. That's when they leave, when they can't stand the manager or management and or the people that they work with. It's just not a good environment. It's too stressful for them. That's the number one reason why people leave. It's their their employee, their employer and or the work environment. So meaning people will work for less and be in a happy, fun environment that they look forward to going to every day. It doesn't seem like work as much. It's still a job, but it doesn't seem as much as it doesn't seem like work as much because they're actually enjoying who they're working with as much as they may be enjoying the work that they're doing at that job. But people can be making a ton of money and be miserable where they're working and be looking for a way out. 
because they just can't stand. They, they dread getting up every day and going to that place to work. And I did not want to be that place of work. So that, that again, kicking myself, feeling really bad, but that's in the past. It's over now. It's all about the present. I already started making those changes, which is the only reason why I was even able to have this conversation with one of my best employees to try and get him to come back. The only reason why we were having this meeting this morning was because I already started making the changes necessary because I already realized what the heck you know, could have possibly gone wrong. Whether those were the reasons for him leaving or not, they needed to be, they needed to be taken care of. They needed to be addressed because I now could see it in the full light of day, even though I was trying to get through the summer as best as possible and deal with it and have these heated conversations, mind you, with this employee in the truck many a days. And I'm like, man, I'm almost ready to just let him go now and just deal with it. Just try and get the stuff by myself done by myself. But you know, I have bills to pay too. So I, I I was trying to, trying to just figure it out without just downsizing at, you know, immediately in the middle of the summer, you know, cutting my revenue in half, you know, basically. And that that's just not, that just wasn't going to be feasible either. So I just had to grind it out. But when, when Dale came back, I'm like, all right, now I've got some, another leg to stand on. We're going into the winter anyway. It's going to be slow. I can't afford to pay both these guys all this. I'd rather just pay Dale. Let's, let's make it happen. I can make the tough decisions now. Let this employee go that unfortunately, you know, like, uh, I may have sounded, you know, super whatever negative blaming or whatever this, you know, it is what it is that this, this employee was a good employee, the three-year employee for whatever reason, things in his personal life really started affecting his, his life, his work, his work life too. And, 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 that's unfortunate and there's nothing I could do to help. And it, it just is what it is, unfortunately. But, but I can't, I can't, that doesn't mean I'm just going to let it go and just, and just pay him. Like, you know, it's still a job at the end of the day. We're, we're still trying to make money. We're still trying to be profitable. We're still trying to support our families. You know, it's not fair to Dale or any other employees that I would have. It's not fair to the employee that left because of this uncomfortable environment. You know, he went from I don't know if I remember what, what, what episode I said this on, if it was part one or now, but he went from, from working for me and getting a, a, a regular paycheck every week to, to not just because it was that bad. So that's where, that's where I'm saying the whole, you know, people, it's not about the money as much as it's about the environment. So he, he left an environment that he couldn't be in anymore to go to no money, you know, like just random side hustle stuff is his detailing business and, and just other odd jobs that he would find, you know, along the way, just, just to, just to get work done, you know, working for this guy or that guy, helping him with this project or that project, getting some cash here and there. Like that's what he was resorted back to, which is what he was doing before he worked for me. So it's all my fault. Um, you know, again, I, I didn't make any of these employees do the things that they did or any of the things that happened in their life happen, but I didn't respond to them properly as a leader and a manager. I didn't address them. Uh, I didn't hold anyone accountable. Ultimately, you know, I had lots of conversations. It's not like I completely ignored it. You know, I, I had lots of conversations. I'm one of those, one of those leaders that always had a tough time early on in my retail days, holding people accountable. Um, I was, I've always been a leader of winners, not a leader of losers. Um, not to call anyone a loser. I'm just saying, you know, winners, losers, not, um, 
let me say it differently so I don't sound like a complete ass, but <laughs> I've always been a leader of people that want to be led, people that want to win, people that want to succeed. I was never good at leading people that were just kind of like, eh, I'm not really feeling it, you know, and they're just whatever. I don't have a nice way to, to say it, to, to, to label those people, but I've, I've, I've never been a, a good leader for, for the people that, that, that don't want to work, I guess, that can't just get the job done and put in a good effort. I've never been good with those people because I always just, just assume that I just expect that if, if I'm working hard and everyone else around you is working hard and you're not working hard, like I just assume that you're going to work hard. Like, why aren't you? How can you even live with yourself? How can you go about your day? How can you just watch everybody else work and you're not? I, I just don't get that. I, I just don't have the right mentality for that because that's not me. And I just, I just don't get it. So uh, I had to learn basically in, in my management days, how to hold people accountable. It's the most uncomfortable thing for just about anyone, um, to hold people accountable at first. Uh, but then you just have to train and condition yourself. And, you know, there's obviously a right way and a wrong way to hold people accountable. You don't just be yelling and screaming at people and call them names and all that stuff. That's not the right way to hold people accountable. Um, so you got to do it the right way and you got to learn what that is and figure it out and kind of get a tough, a, a thicker skin and things like that. So I had, to, I had to learn that over time and you know, it, it, it uh, I became pretty good at it at, at one point and it got to the point where in my management days, people like my, my, uh, my supervisors, my, you know, the district managers, things like that, they would put people on my team to either get better or get out. Like I was that guy, you know, like I, w I was the guy that was put in a store to make it better. And that was to either, um, get rid of the people that needed to be got gotten rid of and replace them with better people. And then all the other, obviously, you know, whatever management behind the scenes stuff to do, fix this, you know, organize this and fix that and whatever, but that doesn't have anything to do with people. Um, there's all that too, but I became the guy that just fixed stores that were broken and, um, also fixed, also helped, you know, get, build, I guess, build teams and strengthen teams and, and all that. So I, people would just, I would, uh, man, I'm getting all tongue tied for whatever reason. <laughs> it's been an eventful morning, but anyway, like I was saying, people would send me someone that needs to be held accountable or they are going to, you know, they need to be taken to the next step so they can get promoted. So that, so that, that uh, short story long, people would either get promoted after working with me or they would get fired after working with me or quit, you know, after like the first or second write up or whatever. Um, so I, I, you know, I got accustomed to all that. So, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I just, I'm still, my default is trying to find the best in people, trying to um, you know, just lead with positivity and hope that just having converse, you know, just having truthful, heartfelt conversations with people that hopefully they'll just get it together. But unfortunately that's, that's just not always going to be the case. And that's where accountability comes in. You know, like I'm not the first one to just ream on someone or write them up or give them warning, you know, a final warning or whatever. Like I'm not that guy at all, but I need, you know, there, there has to be a balance. You have to be able to hold people accountable when they need to be held accountable. So ultimately don't let the wrong people sit in the truck 
because it's going to, you know, as soon as you realize it, as soon as you realize it, the wrong person, don't, don't let that continue. No matter how desperate you are, you got to hurry up and find somebody else or just tough it out without them for a little while or whatever, because it's really just going to bring you and the whole rest of the team. If you have a, a, a team down, you know, ultimately the team could just be your customers or whatever, you know, like that's, you know, the work's not going to be where it needs to be. Like, it's just, it's just going to be a bad, a bad situation. Um, you know, it's just going to plague your business and, and, and you don't want that. So make sure you address these issues right away so that it's tough. It's hard. I get it. You know, it is, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's more uncomfortable to deal with what I had to deal with over the last year and have too much work and not enough people, your reputation starts getting kind of dirty a little bit and dragged through the mud. And, you know, you're tired all the time. You're coming home late you're missing dinner and working on the weekends. And, you know, things are just, things just spiral downhill from that kind of situation. So you don't want to be in that. That's a heck of a lot more uncomfortable than just having a tough conversation or a couple conversations with people. You're the boss. It's your business, you know, have these conversations, have these hold these people accountable. And if they got to go, they got to go. If they quit, they quit. They obviously, they weren't, they weren't doing the great, they weren't, they weren't living up to your expectations anyway, if you need to hold them accountable. So whatever. So that's, that's my thing there. Uh, I think a little bit shorter of an episode for part two here, because I really went all in on episode one. I think I kind of only left a little bit for, for this episode, man, I got real serious real emotional, real, um, passionate on, uh, on the, the first part, the first episode there. So, um, if you haven't, if you haven't, uh, checked that one out yet, please go check that one out after this. But basically it was my fault and I hired, rehired my old employee back. Holy cow. I'm super excited, but I'm also a little tired and drained now from all of this energy and all of this talking. Now I need to I need to get after it, man. I need to get off this podcast. I need to start restructuring my business or not restructuring, but just start making plans to get him um, back into the business and get the schedule, um, re, re, uh, redo the schedule. And man, I got a lot to do. It's exciting. Good times, man. Good times. And I've been getting a ton of calls and emails again, just like last year. But now I feel a heck of a lot more confident because I got my A team back. Now, I got my real A team now because I got old Dale. And it's just, that's just the inside Paul joke, old, old Dale, his name's Dale, but got Dale back. Um, and, uh, and I got, uh, my old, um, employee back. So good times are ahead. We just started the season a couple weeks in. I'm excited. Lots of great things to come. I'm going to crush it. Suddenly now people are applying for my, for, for, um, literally all this happened after this text, it's like I unlocked something like getting over myself and sending him this text, swallowing my pride and sending him this text, which I think I went into in part one, unlocked something within me, which then unlocked something within the universe, because now it's like everything is just starting to fall into place. Now it's like, wow, now I can grow in this neighborhood that keeps wanting me to go into it. Um, it's another premier neighborhood where I can blow up in. I'm a hundred percent confident, but I needed people to do that. Uh, and I couldn't find people. Now all of a sudden people are applying out the woodworks 
and they're actually good people, like on paper anyway. I still have to obviously meet with these people and make sure that they are also, um, you know, that they're not just talking a good game, see if I can get some more details and information out of them to make sure they're not just, you know, saying that they know how to do this and that, but really they don't, you know, type deal. Um, and see if they'll be a good fit ultimately for my business. But I mean, that, that hasn't happened in a while. I, I, I've either had no one apply or a couple of random tire kickers, you know, like literally no experience, literally no, you know, cause it, and then I say no experience, not to say that in like a bad way. I mean, obviously you can hire someone with no experience, but they have a good attitude and they're willing to learn. You train them and they could be one of your best employees. But one, you need to have time for that. And you might not always be in the position to be able to just go through all that time and money and effort to train someone new. If you're, you know, really struggling or in the heat of the moment or busy or whatever. And two, sometimes there's just not the right people. Like, um, one of my retail management examples, there was a manager that was given to me, became part of my store team, and, and it was to hold him accountable because he just wasn't making the cut at the previous store that he was in. And, you know, ultimately I discovered that he just wasn't a right fit for the type of retail store and company that we were in. He was used to sitting in and like he worked in retail, but like, so he worked at Radio Shack, I think, or whatever back in the day. <laughs> And um, Radio Shack's a real tiny store, so you're not walking very much. You're just going, you know, from point A to point B, and you it, it's like, you know, you can plug in a vacuum cleaner on one end and vacuum the entire, you know, store. Um, it was very small, and there's a lot of sitting behind the counter because you didn't have a ton of traffic constantly coming in. You just had people coming and looking for their electronic parts or whatever here and there, and and that was it. So there's a lot of sitting, a lot of office type work, a lot of computer stuff, you know, a lot of inventory and just random miscellaneous things like that. And that person went from that to a fast paced sporting goods store environment where people are constantly coming in looking for equipment for little Johnny and all that. And, you know, into trying on shoes and, you know, it, it, it was a lot. There's a lot going on. You know, there was no sitting in the office. You know, uh, it was hard to force ourselves to sit in the office to make a schedule or, you know, whatever administrative things that we did have to do. It was hard to do that because it was so busy and there was so much on the floor that we had to be involved in customer service, all that. So that person was taken from one environment and put into another environment. And it just didn't make sense They, you know, they, they came from an environment where this, they're used to just sitting around and whatever walking they did was very short and limited because it was a small location to being put in an environment with a massive store that you have to, that your feet are sore at the end of the day you know, power walking all over the place. And, and it, so, so from a physical and a mental standpoint, they just would, shouldn't have even been recruited or shouldn't have even been hired in the first place. They just weren't, it just didn't make sense. They wouldn't be a right fit. I mean, you never know. There's, there's there could be exceptions, you know, but it just, sometimes you got to look at that too. So when I see these people that have no experience and all they've done is worked, you know, at a restaurant or they've worked as a cashier at Target or something. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this person is going to last. You have to go by percentages, right? Because no one has time to go to interview every single person that applies or whatever. There's, 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 there's always, you know, from my retail management days, again, this is what, what it is. There's criteria, pre-screen people, you know, applications, you know, a first step and pre-screen, all this that you don't, you don't want to waste your time. So by the time you get someone to interview, you want, you all already, hopefully 
want this person to work for you. You're just kind of going through the motions and getting to know them a little bit to solidify if they're, if you think they'll be a good fit. And then until they start working for you, you really don't know. But you know, the point is you have to go at percentages. So, I mean, the, the, the percentages of somebody excelling that was a cashier at Target and Walmart, you know, for a couple of years here and there, and now they want to do lawn care. They might've done lawn care for, for, for their grandma or helping their mom out in the garden or whatever. Like that's, you know, they got to, they mow their, their, their parents lawn, you know, that's cute, you know, but that's not gonna, that that's once a week. That's not five days a week of mowing, trimming, edging, blowing in 90 to a hundred plus degree weather for two to three months out of the year that people, people just drop after that kind of stuff, man. People that's survival of the fittest, man. That's not for everybody. So it just, that just doesn't make sense in my mind. Like this person's not going to last. They're used to standing in air conditioning all day, just scanning stuff and bagging stuff that what, how are they, how is that experience going to help them with this? So anyway, I digress. So, um, my point is now I'm glad I remember in my points, man, I'm on it for the most part. <laughs> um, now, oh no, I lost my thought. <laughs> Imagine. No, I'm just joking. Um, so the point is now people are applying that actually have some experience and look like they would be a good fit. Even if they don't have direct experience, it looks like something that might, you know, make, make more sense. You know, like they were, they were already in the contracting field or they did construction or something, you know, like things that would make sense where they will hopefully have that physical and mental tolerance for the wet different types of weather and, you know, just working outside and being on your feet and doing physical labor, you know, labor intensive things. So, um, I have high hopes building my team. Maybe I'll get to the second crew this year. I don't know, but all I know is I, I am solidifying my first team now with old Dale <laughs> and, um, uh, my old employee coming back and it's only going up from here. So, Thank you guys for listening to this part two episode. Thank you to the, the Toro company for sponsoring the LCR media podcast. And as always, I appreciate you guys listening and I will catch you on the next episode. You guys have a great season. Hopefully I've dropped some value for you guys in the past two episodes and uh, hopefully inspire you. If you're struggling with something, we can get through it, man. Focus on today to make a better tomorrow. This is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.